You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. time here and we are back with another episode of the cinnamon and sugar podcast oh look at gary he is wearing his sexual nickname on his forehead the flash because everybody knows <laughs> <laughs> he comes quick <laughs> <laughs> i don't even have a comeback so i'm sorry <laughs> That is a great way to start this podcast. <laughs> we did not rehearse that, guys. We did not rehearse that at all. Because <laughs> if we did, it wouldn't have happened. No, it wouldn't happen at all. It wouldn't happen that perfectly. Uh, but go ahead, Tom. You got it. So tell me how your weekend was. And I believe, D'Angelo, you wanted to start off, didn't you? Yeah, I wanted to start, man, because Gary always go first all the time. And I'm like, you know, we got to break well, up this. That just goes back to what we were talking about to open. <laughs> I'm quick. It does. Just accept it and move on. <laughs> um, but yeah, this weekend, man, I I, I rode a bike uh, 53 miles because we're doing it. I got an event August 7th, uh, the Diaphon. Uh, well, we you could do a. Uh, it's a 3.4 mile run. It's either a 20 mile bike ride, a 34 mile bike ride. Or a 53-mile bike ride. And it's August 7th. We still accepting volunteers. If you guys want to join us. What are you going to do? It's hosted by Gary Barnage. What are you going to do? I'm doing the 3.4-mile run and the 53-mile bike ride. Okay, so you're doing the full thing. I just wanted to make sure. Yeah, you know I do the full thing. man. What are you doing? (laughs) Me? I'm hosting, like you said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so, uh, you know, come out. And at the same time as the event, the money goes right back. Uh, into the community we're doing 106 mammograms uh on site there's two ma- w2 mo- mobile mammogram units that'll come out and they'll administer uh those mammograms so um that's actually what i'm getting ready for so we dry we dry rolled it uh as a team just working on strategy and stuff like that because there's a team aspect in it that our team trying to win uh to keep our title hopes alive and just you know go back to back uh, something that LeBron James has never done, but that's not what we're talking about. Um, but um, uh, yeah, that's that's what we did. Rode a bike, and then for uh, uh, Memorial Day or Independence Day, I'm sorry. Uh, happy Independence Day to all you guys that are listening to. I know we're on the heels, and uh, this is the fifth. But hey, uh, we ate ribs and stuff. She barbecued. The kids swam, so we didn't do anything special there, and. How I mean, was the dry run? The uh, it's not dry rub. It's actually her oh, bar. So how was the dry run of the bike? Right? Oh, the dry run. It wasn't bad at all, man. It wasn't bad at all. Uh, we got a guy on our team that uh, he trained with the Tour de France, and I I'd love to talk about the tour and the the, the crashes and the things like that. I know y'all saw all the broken. Well, bikes. you have a lot of experience with the crashes, so yeah, we. <laughs> You know what? And you got a lot of experience coming quick, but we ain't talking about hey, that. You can't. It's reused joke. You got to come up. With <laughs> but yeah, so um, yeah, we got a guy that rode in the Tour de France, and he's really good. And you know, he was just trying to tell me, you know, working on my pedal stroke and giving me pointers and stuff like that. But he's riding on our team. So what you're saying is, you went out and recruited one of the best people you could find, so you can guarantee your team a win, right? I didn't recruit him. That's what it sounds I had- like. 
I had a conversation with him, and I guess he and was you just persuaded to join your team by my conversation that he joined okay. our team. I just I was just wondering yeah, how that works. Recruiting. I just had a casual conversation. So what happens if you lose? I'm not losing. Okay. It's not, it's not, that's not there's no what happened. There's no I, see, that's the difference between I do control things. That's why I'm a natural winner. I don't have a backup plan. I either win or I'm you not coming home. Got it. No. <laughs> I either win or I learn. I never lose. Never lose, yeah. We'll find out. I'm the host. We'll see who wins. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were real close the 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 first year. But anyway, that's what I did this weekend. Uh, how about your weekend, Gear? Uh, I'll let time go with his first. What I did this weekend was saved myself $100 thanks to the old Phoenix Suns advancing to the NBA Finals. And I just want to thank uh, Gary and D'Angelo and everybody that uh, listens to this podcast because it looks like that my boy LeBron is going to have lost to the eventual champions. Oh, no, no, no. You mean? Oh, is this what he's doing? Is this what he's doing? <laughs> Oh, is this what we're doing right now? He's just counting out Giannis like that. Well, if Giannis, is he, is he gonna Giannis is going to win with a hurt knee. Let's put it that way. Uh, we'll see. Anybody want to put my knee? I, I got no. 50 on it. I got 50 on All right. I got 50 on 50 good? Okay. 50. All right. But, but go ahead, Tom. We didn't mean to interrupt no, you. You're good. Hey, so that, we, we had that. That was a beautiful thing. And, you know, we got – Fireworks with the family, that's always fun, which one thing I wanted to talk to y'all about, and I don't know how y'all feel about this, but it does not ever make any sense to me why people put a full four to five minute video up of fireworks on their social media accounts. Like, stop. Don't nobody want to watch the fireworks on your social media. Just enjoy Tom, you the fireworks. are a fucking hater, bro. I love seeing the fireworks. I'm, I'm with time on that. Bro, y'all are, y'all are insane, bro. It's ridiculous. Look, I, that's one of my favorite things to do, man, whether it's, it's, it's the 4th of July or whether it's New Year's. Man, watching all the fireworks around the world go off, man, and those stunning images, man. That's That video is unreal, man, in any country. Or in hours, in any capacity. So, man, I love that. I don't even watch fireworks anytime in person on social media. It's not not about me. You don't even get out of your house. I do. I just don't. I'm not 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 a fireworks guy. I think it's it's they're way overpriced for what you get. I'm just not. It's not does nothing for me. Gary, dude, just sit this one out, bro. Sit this one out. You are same boat. Yeah, crazy. time's only going because he's got a little kid. He has to. No, I, lo- I actually I enjoy fireworks. I do enjoy yeah. fireworks. I, I like watching them in person, but I've I've never understood because you know you're trying to film and you're not really actually watching them. Why it's 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 almost like any moment these days. People are trying to film it, which is you know kind of funny given that I'm a social media uh, marketing person. So that's kind of my job to do things like that. Maybe that's part of why I have hate for it too. But it's kind of like when somebody goes to a concert, like. You're not enjoying the concert. You're watch. You're you're too busy trying to film to show people like, hey, I was here. Look well, what I was here. <laughs> the thing is, you're watching it through a t- phone now. You're not actually watching it in right. person. So you're not truly enjoying what you're doing. Like people don't live in the now. They want to. They have to have some kind of gratification that you can show people to prove to them they saw this, which doesn't make sense. Man, y'all are some haters, bro. Why don't y'all let these people live their life? If this is the life that they want to live, man, they want to live it. Behind they're living for other people, they're not living for themselves. Yeah, but that's is that not the majority of this country though? That's the reason why we're in the situation that we're in right now. Country though, huh? That's also what's wrong with our country. Right, I understand that, but we ain't trying to fix it. All we're doing on this podcast is talking about it. 
So if we ain't trying oh, to that fix it, it is, yes. Yeah, it is bad. It is really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is a perfect Toxic Tuesday discussion game. So you gotta bring. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, bro. It's it's I I honestly can't believe that Gary's such a screws that he doesn't like fireworks at all. And this is the reason why I'm bringing up the whole firework thing and why it bothers me that you don't like fireworks. Because we go to Disney World and we go to Disney World a lot and we do the same firework shows and you just like now I see why you always give us a hard time. When we trying like, come on, man, we go to this this phantasmic, one of the greatest fireworks shows of all time, because they actually kind of tell a story, and Gary's over that shit, and I'm like, bro, and, and I go for your kids. That is yes, correct. I, it that is, is the only reason why I go, bro. It is amazing. It's a great show, first of all, but the the adding the fireworks and the imagery that they're showing you, kind of taking you through Mickey Mouse's history and you just in the villains and stuff you oh, just yeah. like yeah. it's a great show the first second maybe even the third time you see it the 75th time you see it it's the same thing over and over yeah i i just i i don't understand why you dislike it because it should be uh, a situation to where um you should enjoy the show and just kind of say they sprinkle in the fireworks but the fact that they got the fireworks and stuff you just like oh that's uh that sucks you see what I'm saying? So, so, um, I, right. I don't, and that's yeah, what no. I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I just want people to enjoy the moment. I, I don't know. He just, I don't understand why he's, he's all about living through his phone. Well, I guess he does have like three phones, though. Well, if you look at him right now, he's looking at his phone right now. He's not even, no, I was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> was something else. That, that, that had nothing to do with it. I told you, I feel that way in terms of liking the show because the fireworks, the, you know, the hard work that goes into it, you know, the gunpowder. You know, knowing the chemical makeup of certain things and how they work is just fascinating to me. And watching them explode in the sky and light up our sky with with fire, some so bright and powerful that it, you know, it could throw off sun vibes and you could feel the heat. Man, that's magnificent. You know what I'm so, saying? So, so my question is, with how much money cities, Disney, all that spends on fireworks, don't you think that money could be spent to help? the community help people in general versus see, spending you, all that money on fireworks. Well, you're looking at this in the wrong way. I, I see when I see fireworks go off in the sky, I see job opportunities. I see there's somebody that has to fire those fireworks. So now you're going to take those jobs from those people because you don't like fireworks. It has nothing to do with me. I'm just saying that they spend a lot of money on fireworks. What, what they do this. I mean, I feel like that there's a lot of places in this world we can cut funding. If you want to talk about just funding, and allocated to somewhere else, like you know, the homelessness in this country uh, and other places. But I'm not in a position to make those calls because I don't have to make those calls. So, so of course, I can sit back and talk. So, is this you announcing your presidency in the next presidential nah, election? Uh, man, I, I oh. when you when you run for president, man, you got to have a squeaky back background. My my background ain't squeaky. I don't so think I'm not so. even I don't, myself. None, none of the presidents had squeaky backgrounds. They always get stuff dug up on them. Just saying. No, I just I don't I don't remember half the stuff that I did, and I don't want to okay. remember. By yeah, there's a reason why I forgot them. But Gary, what did you do this weekend, brother? So I'm gonna bring the mood down a little bit. Sorry, guys, but uh, so my grandfather passed away last week. So uh, I had to deal with that, which sucks because it's somebody that I'm named after. And he's somebody that means the world to me. And it is just a sucky, terrible moment, terrible phone call to get. It is a terrible situation for anybody to deal with. 
Uh, it sucks. Can I, can, I, can I ask you a couple questions, Gary, just you before can. you keep going? Uh, I didn't want you to get too far. How much did your phone ring after you got the initial phone call that he had passed? I know you had made your post, but after that, how many phone calls, text messages you got? And I got to ask you this question. Did the condolences get old real fast or was it kind of like, uh, you know, how did you take that? That, so, that initial, you know what I'm saying? That initial barrage of phone calls and texts because I want to compare it to when, when my mom passed. And I mean, obviously I know it's a little bit closer to me, but you know, same relationship pretty much. So for me, it was a little different because I, I'm not a very emotional person. So like, I don't talk about things. I don't, I didn't tell anybody, anybody besides my family. Like I called my brother, I called my mom, I woke my dad up and told him, and because I got the call, got, got called at 11 at night. So I just, for me, I didn't tell anybody. I, I waited because I, I needed to process stuff in my head. I needed to process my feelings. I needed to process all that. And it takes me a while to deal with that. So I, nobody knew about it until I made a post. Okay. And I made a post two days later. And that and I had people messaging me before because they saw other people's posts. But I just didn't really re- re- respond because I wasn't in the right m- frame of mind at that point to do it. Because it's that's something that is very foreign to me. I've literally only lost a family members that I've been close to. One true, real family member that I've been really well. A couple, I've lost two family members I've been really close to. I was gonna say, man, you might want to be. You well, might want to be well, careful, man, because if you no, got family members that listen to the podcast, no, it's, like, it's just hey. I've had two. I my uncle passed away, and then my grandmother passed away, and one was last year, and one was a couple years ago. But like. I was out of the country and the other one was during COVID. So you couldn't really do anything during that time period. And COVID was not the cause, but it's just, so it's not like, so it's hard for me to process that whole situation because I've only experienced very minimal. I've only been to one other, one funeral in my life and it was for my great uncle. And I've only met him like two times and I literally lost it there. So I literally didn't even know this person very well. And I lost it. Didn't know how to handle myself broke down and this is somebody i didn't I've even never know. seen you emotional i've never seen you emotional and so that's so for me it puts me in a very weird situation being at funerals and being around that type of stuff because i've always said to everybody i'm not scared of animals i'm not scared of a shark attack i'm not scared of dying myself i'm only thing that terrifies me is the death of my family or friends that's the thing that terrifies me in life it's not Anything to do with like animals that none of that stuff bothers such me. Such a stand up guy, Gary. I no, hate you. I'm just saying, well, I'm just, you. this is all true. I'm saying like this is like <laughs> yeah, for me. This is where like I'm very. This is the only time you're ever really going to see me vulnerable. I just I don't. I'm not an emotional person in general. So it's the whole thing. So once I broke it down and I put out a post, I got a couple text messages, but most of it was all on Facebook. I got a lot of responses on like people message stuff, but honestly, I haven't even read any of them. Because I'm not, I don't post things. It's the same thing I did when my dog passed away. I don't post things for your condolences. I post it because for my dog, it was for so people can realize, hey, life is short. You never know. Because my dog died unexpectedly. Didn't know what was going to happen. So he died unexpectedly. It's more of like, hey, you need to cherish what you have because you never know how long you got. And for my grandfather, it was more for me just talking to him because I didn't get a chance to talk to him in the end. So that's the thing for me. It was more of my way of talking to him and saying appreciating everything he did for me growing up. 
because I think with, honestly, without him, I would not be who I was. I I, I was going to ask you how close were you to him? Because I mean, so, I I don't know how much time you yeah. spent with him. I mean, I know your mom. I know your dad. I'm really close with them. I mean, <laughs> at this point, I mean, I I love them kind of more than I love you, but. You you a bonus. That's normal. <laughs> but, like so for like I was named after him, so I cherished the times when I always we always went to Mississippi and visit him and spent time with them and did all that stuff with them. And I like I said in my post, I said that I learned so much from him. I enjoyed just spending time with him because I knew I was gonna get unconditional love from him and my grandmother. And then also I'm gonna get knowledge because he had so much knowledge he bestowed upon me. Like I, it's such a cliche motto nowadays. Everybody uses it. It's been said so much, but he told me when I was a little kid, don't let anybody tell you, you cannot do something as a little kid that resonated with me. Cause I was playing sports and growing up, I was always told, Hey, you're only good because you're tall. It's not because I have any athletic abilities only because I was tall. I was good. So I used everything he told me as motivation to propel me to where I got to. So I, that's why I say to this day, without him, I would not be who I am because I used what he told me, taught me as a young kid to propel myself to where I made it. And that's so I had a really big uh, relationship with them. And it sucks because I didn't got to see him in two years because we had COVID. So I hadn't got a chance to get down there. So like I, I was like, I'm going to come see them this summer. And I didn't even get a chance to yet. And I that's, the, that's, the, book the, flight. Yeah. that's the hardest part is that knowing I didn't get to say bye in person. That's the hardest thing. And knowing I'm not get going to. So I need a question from y'all. I need answered uh, because I don't know if this makes me a bad person or not. But yeah, well, hold up, hold up before you say that. Okay. Did you go to the funeral this weekend? That's that's where I'm going to dive into. Oh, OK. So my question is, I'm not able to go to a funeral. Like I went to one and I physically don't think I could stand at a funeral be at a funeral i think i would i might pass out i might lose my i don't know my head goes to a weird place my body shuts i don't know how to explain it because it's what happened to me the one time i've been to a funeral to somebody i wasn't even close to this is somebody who is like a role model to me so does i'm I'm still going to i'm going to visit my family i'm flying down there tomorrow and i'm going to go spend time with them and see i'm going to the grave so i'm going to talk to them do what i need to do for my grieving process but I could not physically be at the funeral because I don't think I didn't want everybody to worry about me because I don't know how I was going to be. I was probably going to be out. I might have been past. Who knows? I don't know how I've acted. I just know how I acted the one time and it puts me in a weird, really bad place in my head and I don't like it. So I, I just I decided I can't do that. So I'm flying down right after and I'm going to go spend time with the family and do what I need to do at the gravestone, talk to them, all that type of stuff. So in your opinion, because of the way I grieve, does that make me not by not going to the funeral? But to the funeral, does that make is that a bad situation? I, I mean, I guess I gotta ask you this: Are you scared? It's not. I mean, scared. that's what it sounds like. Know, I just scared. don't know how I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna. I don't know if I'm gonna be. I might pass out. And the thing is, now people are gonna worry about me, and it's not about me. I'm, it's about him and his thing, and that's not what I want things because I don't know. Like I literally lost it at somebody I didn't even know. Boy, Gary, don't stand up, bro. It's I, not I, I don't. Up. It's just being there. I, like I, told I my, can't I, believe I, you couldn't go. That's crazy. So I said this in general. I said I don't know if my legs would allow me to walk onto the plane to get there. That's how bad it how oh. how how it makes me feel. Like I don't know if I can physically do that. And that's the thing is I don't know. Like as I I like if I just thinking about it, 
literally when I was writing, when I wrote, just thinking I was breaking down, like not, not just crying. I was like, I was falling apart. Cause like I said, a piece of me died. Cause I truly believe he's that close to me. And I just don't know if I would have been able to handle that situation. Like, I just don't, I know it's, I know everybody says, oh, it's a tough for everybody. I understand that. But what's going on in my head and my body, I don't know if my body or I, I could have actually handled it personally. Okay, so I I got a few questions. So yeah. was it was it something where you knew he was dying? No. Or was it something that was just kind of just so spontaneous? He, he, he's been going to dialysis, but he's been fine. I've talked to him probably two, three weeks ago. Sounded fine, whatever. It's just he had some he had something pop up where he could where he was struggling breathing and he passed away. It was nothing that was we didn't expect him to he wasn't say, Oh, you had a timeline or nothing. He was doing fine. Like he was he was supposed to go to dialysis the next day. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. I can see where you would have that issue. I I on on your initial your question and asking us were you wrong for not going. I'm not saying that you're wrong, but I think it's weird. That I, and the only reason why I think that it's weird because I know you, Gary, and you've never shown any emotion other than one time, and that's when your dog died. You called me, you told me he had died, and I got off the phone with you and I told the wife, I said, "Yo, like Gary showed like a twinkle of emotion just now when his dog died, and I'd never seen that out of you before." And I, she was just like, "Really?" And I was like, "Yeah." She was like, "I don't believe you," and I go, "Yeah, he really did." And she was like, well, maybe he's just a dog person. So now to hear that, uh, you know, your grandfather died to somebody that you was close to and to know that you do have an emotional side, man, I feel like you should tap into that because you haven't tapped in, in, into it your entire life up until this point or you have and you shut it off and maybe you should try to reach in and get that back. So that's why I feel like you should have went to the funeral because at least then you could see, like, okay, how am I going to respond? Because I'm telling you right now, Gary, that ain't going to be the last person to die. No, no, I know that. And, and I understand that. I think, but, like, I just don't – like, that's why I needed, like, my grieving process. Like, I wanted to go to his tomb, so I'm going to talk to him by myself, do what I need to do, and just grieve. Because I don't – I didn't want something to happen where everybody has to worry about me while we're at a funeral for my grandfather, because that's who it's about. And I don't know how I'm going to be, because right. I know how I was that the only one I've been to was somebody I don't know, I didn't know really. So I, I understand it's just, it's just a tough situation, That's and it sucks. I know it sucks for everybody. The family struggles with it too. But it, like yeah. for me, it's just, I don't know. I didn't want to put a burden on anybody else to well, worry well, about I'm me. telling you right now, Gary, you going to my shit. I don't give a damn what you you gonna get your ass on that plane and you coming to my funeral. If I go before you, if you don't, I'm coming back and I'm gonna hunt your ass. And I don't want to hear you talk to me. Don't talk to me. <laughs> don't talk to me then when you could have came and said what you had to say while I was laying in that casket open, because that was gonna be the last time you the, your last opportunity, Gary, of seeing your grandfather, whether it's alive or dead, you passed that opportunity up because. I mean, you you don't think you could have handled it. That's the only thing that is like it just throws me off. Uh, but again, that's just how you grieve. I understand that, but it's just I I know when I lost my mom. I think the most powerful thing that I saw when I knew, yo, it's over, is when they lowered her in the ground. I was like, oh, it hit me, and just all this wave of emotion just kind of came through. Well, if you got the same, and and I'm sure we all have. 
we when we read a book or when we start a book, we always want to get to the end because we always want to know what happened in the end. Nobody wants to miss the ending because the ending makes the entire movie. And what you essentially did, Gary, is you missed the ending of this movie and no, you weren't able to. I'm going to I'm going to visit the gravestone, so I'm still going to get the closure aspect. Because you said when she lo- when you lo- when they lowered her into the graves when it hit, like I think it's going to hit me when I show up at his gravestone. Like that's when I'm gonna I'm gonna lose it all again right there. I'm probably gonna lose it at my grandmother's house too. That's just I think I'm those are the two times I'm probably gonna lose it. But she's gonna be able to be there. I'm gonna be there with her as well. And then I want I'm gonna go to the thing. And then that's where I'm gonna be able to grieve myself. I just it's just I know it's a completely different. And this is uncharted territory because like you said, you've never seen emotion from me. So like this yeah. is something that is different for me too. And same thing, my mom, when my mom's mom, my grandmother died on my mom's side, she understood I wasn't going to be able to make it because she knew how I able to, how I handle this. I don't do it well. Like, this is something that struggles for me. And I don't know how, I don't know why, but I would attri- probably attribute it. It's the only thing that scares me is losing family and friends in the, in the world. I'm not scared of anything else, but those things terrify me so much. It puts me in that place. Well, I'm going to be a dick and make you a pallbearer. So you have to well, go. You wouldn't be making anything because you wouldn't either. <laughs> That's what I would do, Gary. You'd be a dick. And, hey, you going to be basically carrying the casket by yourself because you tolerated all my friends. <laughs> I would like to hear Time's thoughts. Yeah. Well, what I would say about that is, you know, there is no one right way. I'd say to grieve. Everybody has their own process. Everybody has their own uh, response and coping mechanisms that come out. And, you know, I was kind of in the same boat as you, Gary. It's like, I've had, I've been to a couple of funerals, but like nobody that I was um, really super close to uh, had passed away, like in my family um, until my dad passed away from cancer. And I remember thinking like, and this is a situation where he had just come into my life, you know, a few years prior. And so I was really starting to bond with him and I moved down to Texas to spend more time with him. And, you know, in that moment, I wasn't exactly sure how I was going to get through it either. But then I started looking around and what I noticed was everyone that was in the situation was feeling like I was feeling like not really sure how they're going to handle it. Um, And so, you know, just to me, it felt like in that moment I needed to be strong for everyone um, and, you know, try my best to, to show them that, you know, we are all experiencing this loss together and that, you know, we're here for each other type thing. So I totally understand, like you're saying, you don't want to take the focus off of your grandfather. Um, but I do think it's at least good that you are going down there um, to, or going up there to spend time with the family. And like you said, just, kind of going through it in your own way um you know it's the funeral for dad he did he didn't even want to call it a funeral he's like whatever you guys do have my ceremony don't call it a funeral don't you call it a celebration of life and i think that's one thing that helps me whenever we were going through this is because like hey you know we we aren't grieving necessarily that he's passed we're celebrating you know the life he got to live the times that we got to know him and now you know, it's all about knowing that he's with us, um, you know, in the, you know, in the, in the the time after his passing. And it's, it's crazy. You see 
you know, different things that pop up to where it's like you can tell it's dad talking to you. It's crazy. It was just like a few days ago, I was uh, hanging out with one of my, my little brothers, and he was telling me that, you know, he was getting ready to go to a job interview and that he said he heard clear as day our dad's voice saying, go uh, wow them with your brilliance. And he said he like freaked out and started crying because, and my, my dad passed away. This would be five years in August, five years ago. And he said it was just like he could tell there was in that moment where, hey, this is, you know, a moment where I would lean on my dad and he came to me and spoke to me. And it's just like now looking forward to that with you, it's like, hey, your grandpa is still within you. Everything that he taught you growing up, all the people he touched in your lives, you're all going to have a chance to uh, he's going to live on through you guys. So it's not necessarily that you're saying goodbye. You're just, you know, he's closing this earthly chapter. And this is also another beautiful part of, you know, I, I know we talked about religion and all that stuff in the past, but this is kind of always one of those things that um, being a believer has caused me to 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 enjoy moments. I see it's like, hey, you know, you know, they're no longer in pain here, and I know we'll get to see them again one day. And that's just kind of one of those things that you resonate uh, when you're dealing with this stuff. It's like, you know. My my dad, your grandfather, their earthly bodies are gone, but their souls still live on and we're going to get to see them another day. And it's 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 all that to say is there's no one way to cope. I, I don't fault you um, for doing what you need to do because you are at least going to spend time with the family. And uh, I can't imagine, you know, like you said, if you if you went through that process the first time with someone that you were nowhere near as close um you know, it could be very hard. But then, too, on the other side of that is, well, maybe this is a good chance for you to uh, fight that battle and see. Because like D'Angelo said, um, you know, it's unfortunate, but it's a part of the world we live in. There's going to be more times where the situation is going to pop up with other family members and friends. Um, you know, uh, it's just it's just a fact of life. And so at some point, maybe <coughs> good experience for you to walk through um with the family members around for you to um get better at handling these sorts of situations not that they're ever going to be easy um but just to you know find a way that's coping and be like it's like i said it's all it's all basically because you you haven't had to deal with it before so your first experience was a you know a, a whirlwind of emotion like I said, especially for someone like you that's already not a very emotional person, uh, it's going to be twice as hard. So it's just in these moments, I, my advice would be just lean in on your family. Be there for them as well because they're going through the same things that you're going through. Um, don't feel bad for how you're feeling. Don't feel bad for, um, you know, what your choices are when it comes to this. But just know that everyone around you is probably feeling the same way. And so however you want to be there for them, in that situation, that's what I would I would say. Appreciate it. That's Damn, that, was, that was very thoughtful. <laughs> well, you know, it's a it's a it's a it's a it's a difficult thing for sure. And yeah, just I know we going through it close and at home, man. Like you know, obviously with your father and with my mother, we kind of understand that, and and that's I didn't mean it in a harsh way when I said no, you know, this good. ain't gonna be the only funeral that you go to. Because there's going to be accidents that happen and old people are going to get old and people are going to go. Like, you know, when you go, Gary, and if you go before I do, I'm going to absolutely lose it. 
I'm going, I'm lying on you, and I'm doing all the things I said that I'm going to do, but I'm going to be crushed. I'm going to be absolutely hurt, and I'm going to make it a point because I'm petty to be the last one to touch your casket before everybody else. I'm going to be the last one to touch it as it go down, so that'll be my claim to fame. Like, yeah, I was the last one to touch it. You know why? It's because D'Angelo handles his emotions and sadness by combating it with humor. Yes, that is. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm gonna tell hella jokes at your funeral, right. Gary, and they're gonna all be lies, <laughs> and it's gonna ruin your whole career. I'm just well, letting so you, you know. Listen to the Simmons Shirt Podcast is arguing me onto your game now, so you need to stop talking about it. Maybe well, I, I don't because he's gonna <laughs> live a long, fruitful life, and they're gonna forget this podcast uh, episode. Well, <laughs> well, I will say there is uh, one. One thing that's good going to come from it, I am actually going to have him memorized on my body. I am going to be getting my first tattoo, and I know D'Angelo's excited about that. So oh, I thought you were talking about me. I was like, damn, no. yeah, that is thoughtful. Thank no. you. <laughs> I will be getting a tattoo at some point with my grandfather's name on it at some Look, point. So D'Angelo's going to be super excited because he I has been wanting me to get a tattoo forever. Yes. yes, Gary is one of those guys. He doesn't drink. He doesn't smoke. He doesn't have tattoos. He doesn't drink anything other than soda. <laughs> Everything that's bad for you to drink in terms of carbonate, all he drinks it. You know, he doesn't even drink water. You know what I'm saying? So to <laughs> see him, what? Yeah, yeah. So but, you get. But what that should that should tell you how much he means to me because I'm going to do something that I would never do. But I've always said. Since I was younger, I said, if my mom, my dad, or my grandfather ever pass away, I will be getting a tattoo because all three of their names are going to be on it because they're the three most influential people in my life. Uh, so I ain't influenced you at all? I can't. I mean, I know I probably Not, not to that do. level. I, that's <laughs> what I'm saying, man. I get your, hey, I get your name tattooed on me, Gary. Well, here's, here's Gary. my question, Gary. So you're named after him. Is his name Gary? Yes. So wow, people are gonna think you're walking around with your own name tattooed and like no, think that it's you're... not the same last name. Oh, okay. It's Nelson Gary Nelson Armstrong. Okay. If you just get a Gary and like a heart tattooed, people are like, damn, he's really self-centered up here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I already have the design, I have everything, I already know exactly what it's gonna be. So I, I, I do gotta ask you this, Gary. If if you could tell our listeners, myself and time, what's the greatest piece of advice your grandfather ever gave you and that you put it to use and it got you? I know it's been so much, but just one where you can you can help us, because I know back in those days, man, old school, you know, they had a great way of delivering messages no matter it, how corny it was. So, it, like I said, it's part of the cliche part that everybody says now. It's part of the don't let anybody tell you you can't do anything, anything you Anything you want to do, you can do it. Just don't let anybody say you can't. But on top of it, it would also be don't worry about what everybody think of you. Nobody cares. You should not care what other people think about it. If you don't know them, don't worry about it. I think that was the biggest thing. When those two combined, don't let people tell you. What you and if people are saying that you can't do something, who cares what they think? They don't know you. You know you. Your friends know you. Your family knows you. Use that to motivate you. Don't allow other people to bring you down. I think those those values he said to me has stuck my whole life because if you don't know me and you say something, I don't care. I don't know who you are. There's no bearing it whatsoever. All that matters is my family, friends. If you want to get to know me, you'll know who I am. And then same thing with, you're never going to tell me I can't do something because I'm just going to prove you wrong. Like growing up, you, you'll never make it to professional sport. You're only good because you're tall. All right. Well, I proved you wrong. 
And I that all stemmed from what my grandfather told me. Everything originated from right there. Right. The only reason why I asked you that question is because you said he passed away, but it don't sound like he passed away at all. It sounds like he's living through you, brother. He is. I'm trying to carry on the Gary name. <laughs> right. Well, Gary, yeah. if you will, one, I, one thing I want to ask you, dude, if you don't mind, is tell us your favorite memory from, like, childhood, besides the advice he gave you. Like, what was one of your favorite memories that you had with him growing up? Honestly, I would say it's probably – so he was a truck driver after he got out of the military. He started doing truck driving. So every time he would drive around where we were in Florida, whether it be Lake City, Ocala, whether it be Jacksonville, St. Augustine, if he was nearby, he was calling us and saying, hey, come meet me. Let's grab something to eat all the time. So we'd see him all the time when he was on the road. Even though he's working, he'd still make time to spend time with me and my brother and my mom, my dad, and just spend time with us and come eat with him while he's working. And I think that stuck with me because it just shows he wanted to be around his family so much. Love it. So you think that, uh, the cause I know you're a big family man. Is that something that you got from him or was that something you passed down to your parents and got through to you? Or is that just, I would say, I would say obviously originate with him and my grandmother. They're, they have unconditional love for their whole family. They would right. do anything for him, and I think they just pass it on to all their kids. And then it just kept going through our whole family. Our whole family is just – we try to be as close as possible because that's that's all you have family-wise. You have – that's all you have, so you got to stay close. And, and I think that's originated from that area, from my grandmother and grandfather. I got you. Got you. Well, and I have one other question. This is kind of a question that we can open up to you too, D'Angelo. I think you kind of hinted at it. Uh, when you first started talking, but when it comes to like the grieving process and when you find out that somebody in somebody's life has passed away, when is the right time to reach out to them to like call them? Because you know, they're going to be getting over overwhelmed with yeah. texts and messages and like, um, you know, when is the right time to reach out to where it's not going to overwhelm them? Or do you feel like you should like, how do, how do y'all feel? Like, what do you well, have to feel about uh, Let me start a D. Okay. So just because I just went through it, like, I think everybody's different. Like for me, I, d I don't really want to be bothered. I, I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell anybody for two days because I didn't want anybody to bother me during that time. I wanted to just focus on what I was feeling at that time. And then when I felt it was right for me to start to receive stuff, then I, I'll put it out there so people know. So I think everybody's different because some people need it right away. Some people need time right. to think about it and process. So like for right. me, I wanted to, until I let you know something, then I don't, I don't really want to be bothered if you find out ahead of time, because I'm still trying to process everything myself and I'm not ready to face everything at that moment. So that's why like, it took me two days for that. When, when my dog died, it took me a day just because I wanted to process everything. Cause I wasn't there for that either. So like, it's just things I needed. My time process is different than everybody else's. D'Angelo, I don't know for you, how, how long did it take you for you for everything for you? Well, so for me, because I had never gone through it, um, I there's never a good time, Gary. I'm gonna be honest with you. There's never a good time because the condolences and I and I understand that people don't know what to say and how to say certain things when you experience the the worst tragedy you'll ever experience in life is death. And once they experience this extreme tragedy, you try to figure out okay, how can I help? But the the only way that you feel like you can help is saying, hey, my condolences, if you ever need anything, don't hesitate to reach out and ask. 
I feel like if that's not what you mean, you shouldn't say those things because quite naturally people are going to need things because this maybe there was the provider in the family. Maybe there was the half of what they needed uh, and now it's gone and maybe they need to move or downgrade or whatever the case may be. They may actually need you. And then because you 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 extended that olive branch that wasn't necessarily an olive branch. It was just me. It's just I, I don't think you'll ever be ready for it. Uh, and the reason why you won't in addition to that is because you know that's the extreme that's the worst pain you can feel bro is losing a loved one so honestly i think what might have helped me once i found out and all that kind of stuff and i don't know if it would have helped you d I, I think it's not even words i think if somebody's close to you and they could just give you a hug i think that would tremendously help like i don't know if it would have helped you d for me i obviously i was only here my dad was sleeping i had to wake him up to let him know and then i was just here so i think you don't even have to say anything. I think just an embrace is more means more to me than the words because your embrace means you're truly there for me. You're here in person. You're doing something to try and calm me down. First of the word. Obviously, it's not it's not easy to do because everybody's away and all that kind of stuff. But to me, I think in that moment, if you're able to get an embrace, I think that truly would help more than just words. Absolutely, because that means that you took out the time in your day to come over yeah. and give me that hug versus you making that phone call or shooting that text. And I'll tell you how I handled it with Gary. That When it initially happened, Gary sent out, I told him, I said, hey, man, I'm going to hit you tomorrow, make sure that you're good. And we went on from there uh, because I know he was going to be bombarded with text messages and, and phone calls and DMs and things of that nature with everybody wishing and their condolences. And, and I wish when my mother died that i had somebody that i had these type of conversations because i when she passed away man and she was laying there and you know the corner and everybody came over i had no idea what to do bro i had no idea what direction to go and everybody was looking at me and i'm like look i i, I don't have any experience with this so i had to learn on the fly you know you got to call the cops for the coroner to come through after that then they come get her and then it's it's planning like i handled all that from start to finish with no experience at all. Like uh, I had to talk to the coach, like, Hey coach, man, what, what do I do? And he was like, man, this is what you do right here. And then, you know, canceling insurance cards and, and stuff like that. Once a loved one is gone, that's stuff that you don't think about that you have to handle that people should ask like, Hey man, are you okay? In addition, are you okay? Here's the checklist that you might want to make sure that these boxes are checked or when you bury them, because once you bury them, then, you know, the next of kin or however it needs to be helped uh, has to handle that type of business. And I, I know it may not be you. Maybe, you know, your grandfather had kids that, uh, I mean, obviously they do because it's your grandfather. They <laughs> they going to step in and they maybe they'll step in and handle that. I mean, who's handling the who handled the service and stuff? Uh, my grandmother, my aunt and then my cousin. Oh, OK. Yeah. Did he go at home or was he at the hospital? He was on his way to the hospital. Oh, okay. yeah. Tom, I'm gonna let you take over because uh, Gary, I don't want Gary to get emotional on this. Right. Well, I mean, uh, like like we said before, we we we're here for you, G, and we know it's a tough situation to be in, and uh, we appreciate you at least coming on to the podcast and you know talk. Because I, I I reached out to girls like, hey man, if you want to you know take a break and uh, skip this podcast this week, we understand. Uh, it was not a big deal, but he. Uh, he wanted to come on and let you guys, uh, you know, hear his his taking and I guess honor no, I, his grandfather. Yeah, I think I think it's huge. I think 
I don't want I didn't want to shy from being able to talk about it because I think that does help. Right. And then I, I just my biggest thing is I just want to leave is, hey, I, you need to cherish every moment. You never know when the last one is. So never, never not tell your family, your friends, you love them, all that kind of stuff. Always, always try to see them when you can. Don't put something off for tomorrow that you can do today just because you don't want to because you just never know if you're going to get that tomorrow. That's the unfortunate aspect, but I think that's the biggest thing that I want people to take away from it. All right. Well, I like that. And uh, I don't don't think there's any right way to transition to our next topic. Um, So we'll just go ahead and say that uh, I know D'Angelo should be an expert on this next topic. Uh, We're going to talk about Shakari Richardson and uh, see how you guys feel about the fact that she – well, I'm saying because you're a runner, D'Angelo. She's a runner. You're a runner. Hold on. When did D'Angelo become a runner? No, I thought he was saying it because we were both black. I was like, damn. Oh, I didn't know he was going to race. That's well, what I, I thought he was doing. That's what I was like, why, why would time go that route? <laughs> well, I was trying to take the high road, if you know what I mean. Uh, so, <laughs> <laughs> I fucking hate you. I hate you, bro. <laughs> so, how do you guys feel about Shikari Richardson? And now it's looking like she is not going to be able to run in the Olympics because she got high. Because she got high. Because she got high. Why, yeah. man? I'm going to let you go, Gear. I'm going to let you go. So we actually had a conversation about this earlier with D'Angelo. Yeah. We had a phone call uh, with some of our other buddies. And D'Angelo. Wow. wow. Time just gets let. I say, okay. Well, never time's never time. got time for us. So That's we can't <laughs> I see what you did there, Gary. Yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. Uh, he ain't the only one with bad puns. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no so the thing is like he brought d'angelo brought up a good point which i was already in, i was in process of typing the same exact thing but he brought up so it's weird because we were on the same wavelength it's weird that i'm on the same wavelength as d'angelo but um i didn't see where all the i know everybody's upset about it which it sucks i agree the rule is art is old it needs to be changed it's been proven medical marijuana is helpful all that kind of stuff but again it is a rule it's still in place it's and i'll and d'angelo's point that he brought up was where was all this uproar when josh gordon was suspended that's that's the thing is like josh gordon got suspended and nobody really cared they said oh he shouldn't be smoking that was like the whole consensus is like he should stop smoking. He should know when to stop smoking. Well, shouldn't that be the same response to this? So I actually reached out to one of my other buddies, and uh, he actually brought up a good point, which I'd be interested to hear your point time before D'Angelo speaks because D'Angelo played football. He'll be different. He told me he feels like there was more hate towards Josh Gordon than the Olympian because he feels like people are more jealous of football players than Olympic uh, Olympic uh, athletes because football players are paid to play a sport and Olympics are 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 helping or doing it for our country. There's a big difference that, between the two. And that's why Josh Gordon wasn't getting the love back then, but she's getting all this love. So I would like to hear your opinion. Do you think football players get unjust hate for that? And is it justified because of that? Or what is the reasoning why there was no love for him, him, but there's everybody's trying to get behind her on this one. You know, I honestly don't think it has anything to do with being a football player. I think it's timing. I think if you reverse the timing of when this happened, like Josh Gordon gets suspended versus uh, her, 
I think the response would be the same. I think people are starting to become more um, aware. Weed's starting to become more normalized mainstream because yeah. it's becoming Josh legal. Josh Gordon was suspended in like 2018 and 17. So it wasn't right. like it was 10 years ago. I know, but a lot of stuff can happen in three or four years. Uh, I, like the, the just the thing about all the shifts that people have made, like how crazy our world got, you know, just from between when Trump took office to when he left you know, how, you know, extreme some of the stuff got. So there's a, I think there's a shift in the mentality when it comes to weed. I think it's going to eventually be legal everywhere. So I think more and more people, because, you know, you grow up with the D.A.R.E. programs and all these programs telling you that drugs are terrible, weed's terrible. Uh, you see people getting locked up for drugs and weeds when you're kids. And, you know, you just have this mentality like, oh, no, bad, drugs, weed bad. So... As you're, you know, getting older and you, you know, learn more about the, you know, the medical sides of weed and um, just how weed can, doesn't necessarily have the effects that you thought you had, that, that you might have thought you had based on how terrible you have been told how it is your whole life. I think more and more people are just starting to speak out on it because it's not as taboo. Uh, but I almost, say, but marijuana has been legal since 2012 in Colorado. It's been legal since 2000, early 2000s for medical purposes. Right. So like there was already no, we already knew back then. So like, that's my biggest is like in 2016, 15, whatever, when he got suspended, it was already legal in States, but nobody cared at that point. They still, Oh, he's this. So he can't play. He should have known he's dumb. You only get tested one time. He sh you should know better. But the same thing she knows she's gonna get tested every, every race so right but what I'm, what I'm saying what is it may have become legal but like let's think about it like this abraham lincoln signed the emancipation proclamation in 1863 and we're still fighting for black rights to this day so it's like uh it takes time for people to come around to understanding that maybe the way we thought about something wasn't right and so i don't think that we're all the way there yet on we but i think that and I think with today's world, the way social media works, the way news works, the way, you know, platforms, everyone can have a platform in today's world. So I think there's just more people that are willing to speak up on these issues. And I think weed is becoming something to where people are like, is weed really as bad as we've been told it is this whole time? Because yeah. it's just, it's becoming legal. If it's it's going to eventually, I think it's going to be looked at as like drinking. If you're old enough to do it. I think in two to five years, it'll be legal in the U.S. Right. So I, I think both of y'all are wrong. I think y'all are absolutely assholes. The fact that y'all don't, y'all not rolling with her. All right. So first of all, I want to make sure that we, we let this be known that the Olympics are not the NFL. They're not the NBA. This is not something that happens every year for X amount of years. Like you said, Gary, that this is some, this is for our country. Correct. We're going to compete against other countries and the Olympic Games. Now, if you're cheating and you're found in breach of cheating, that's something that's a performance enhancer because this is not an enhancer. Smoking weed is not an enhancer. It's actually something that supposedly, in theory, sets you back. So if you don't want her to do well in the first place, then you should allow her to smoke weed, especially in a state where it's legal. I understand that. And then in uh, one of the states, or maybe it's California, where they're not allowed to test you uh, but again, I know that, you know, the Olympics are sanctioned by something different. So with that being said, I think that this was a, a way to railroad this young lady. 
She was absolutely amazing at running. And not only was she absolutely amazing at running, she was outspoken. So we can't have an outspoken Usain Bolt at the helm carrying this Olympic team. Because if you look at all the headlines outside of Simone Biles, it's her. It's absolutely her. So I want to uh, point out, did between, what was it, 1 o'clock and now, D'Angelo's opinion had changed from our earlier conversation. <laughs> so I don't know what news he looked at and read or what studies he did from one to whenever. But, uh, yeah. I think it's that wine he's drinking. Yeah, so I yeah, don't know I if he changed his thoughts because he was not on that boat earlier. So no, I wasn't on that boat earlier. But I, I got a chance to dive into the story. And the reason why I dove into the story because, I mean, obviously I was looking at Lance – not Lance Armstrong. I, uh, I was looking at Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps, he smoked a bong or whatever. Granted, he didn't get caught. He didn't test positive. But if you know and, – and, and this is just me, and, and I don't know how honest she is, but when they leaked the tape about Michael Phelps and him smoking and stuff, he was the golden boy of the Olympics, and they know they couldn't lose him. So they didn't drug test him because we know we're going to find you to be positive. Because we know that that wasn't tobacco in that Hold pipe. On. Do you know they really didn't drug test him? Because I mean, on, I'm pretty man. sure every athlete gets drug tested after every he race. He competed, so they couldn't have. So it, either that or he knew when to start and stop it, on. Exactly. That's the thing. Is he knew, Just like in football, every day they know, in NFL, you know, hey, 420 is when they start drug testing. Don't smoke a month leading up to that until you get your test, and then you're free to do what you want. That's why they did that. It's the same thing. You know you're going to be drug tested after every race. So all you do is don't smoke these days leading up to it, and you'll be fine. But and I think the thing, that's though, the thing everybody's that, up That's to. the thing, though. The, the reason why she got busted smoking, no. I'm going to tell you what happened. I I'm going to tell you why she got busted. I she saw. probably smoked before, and it was still in her system. She got out there not thinking that she was going to win, and she won. And, like, damn, after you win, now you test positive like shit. I probably shouldn't have smoked it, the Zazas or Boom Booms and Yam Yams or whatever they call it. How do you know what those are? I, I, I don't know if I'm calling okay. it the right thing, but I'm saying she probably got – she did that before she did it and got up there. She won, and not only did she win, she won in in, in record-setting time, and now she got to answer all these questions, and yeah. now she's into this – the protocol of what winners would normally go through well, because me, you can tell me, she never won anything. And let me clarify. I, I agree she should not be banned – because it's testing positive. But just like in football, just like in other sports, if you test positive for anything, just like we had like some play, some boxers tested positive because of the meat they ate in another country, they still got banned. They had nothing to do with anything they did wrong, but because of the meat they ate or whatever in another country and the meat was tested and it did have it in it, they still got banned. It's, it, it, I don't think you – I think the problem is if you make an exception for anybody, then you're going to do it every time something pops up. Oh, this is it. This is why. This is why. And then you're, it opens the floodgates. I think that's the why they're sticking with it. I, I think the rule should probably be changed just like I, like it was changed in the NFL. I don't, I don't think – I think the NFL players gave up too much. For what for being able to smoke weed, but that's me personally. I don't. I've never smoked weed, so I don't know how what it all does, how it feels, all that kind of stuff. But I think they gave up too much. I think there's those laws are going to change soon, and then it's going to be interesting to see how it works. Because if it's legal in the whole U.S., how's the NFL going to handle it? How is the Olympic Committee going to handle it? It's going to be interesting when it's completely legal and everybody can do it recreational. How are you going to handle it then? So now I'm going to tell you what I read that. The reason why I changed my whole side on this before when we had this conversation before the podcast, I was with Gary 110 percent. 
and I can only give a hundred. So I don't know where the other 10 came from, but I gave it all to him and I had the same energy that he had. But this is what changed my mind, Gary. The Olympics came out and said she's banned for a month. She's not allowed to run any individual races, but she's allowed to run the relays. So what, here's, what kind here's of bullshit my, is that? Here's my thing. You see what I'm behind. saying? Here's what. Why? That's because just like saying I can't play on offense, but you can play on all the special teams. You no, can play I on agree. all the special it teams. It doesn't make sense with that. I think the reason – here's my guess. I don't know if it's right. It doesn't make it right. I don't think it's right either. But I think because she tested positive after running a singles race, that's why, versus – the other races, but I don't, I don't agree. I agree. I agree with you that I don't think she should be banned, but I'm just saying, here's why she was. I'm not saying I agree with it because I don't agree. She should be, but I do in the terms of what we did with other football players, they were always banned other athletes yeah. and other sports. They got banned. It's only fair that you do it. If somebody else does it too. That's the thing is like, it is a rule until it gets changed. Everybody has to abide by the rule and we can't just change it for one person. Now, if you want to change it overall, then yes, that's fine. But we don't change it because of one thing happened. That's the thing. I, I, it's unfortunate situation. It should never happen because this rule should have been changed long ago, but it's the rules of the game right now. Right. Right. And that's kind of where I'm at is like, it's, you know, it's a stupid rule. I don't think it should be a rule. I think they should actually take this as a chance to reevaluate this rule. And like, you know, DeAndre brought up with the Michael Phelps, like he was the golden boy and everybody found out about, you know, what he was doing. So it's like, obviously you have athletes that lean on this for a reason. Um, but we're going to end that conversation there because we are running out of time. I want to tease Something that we're going to talk about next week because we do not have enough. It's going to take a lot of time, I feel like, because you two specifically would have been affected by this. But college athletes being able to get paid. I wanted to get to that. Next week. We will get to it next week. Uh, I want to leave y'all with a one word. I want a one word answer from you. Hold on. Hold on, on, though, bro. Hold on, though. We also, I want to dive into next week. I want to talk about Bill Cosby, bro. I I also... And I also want to bring up how did the hell does the judge deny Britney Spears again? All right. Bro, that's crazy, right? Did you see the meme? Did y'all see the meme where yes. it's uh with uh, uh everybody everybody asked for Britney to be free and the universe says, We'll give you Bill Cosby. That's the best yeah. Thing <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's the guys from uh, Pawn Stars are like best yes. I can do is Bill yes. Cosby. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. But real quick before we get off, I want to hear a yes or no. Should Reggie Bush get his Heisman back? Yes. 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 That's yes. Easy. All right. Well, we will. Yes. I agree with you. Absolutely. But now, now here we go, though. So this is what we got to dive in. This oh, no, gotta... me. We got to talk about this next week. Uh, They'll be back. They'll be back to listen. Uh, we appreciate okay. you guys tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast. We will be back next Monday with another fresh episode. Hope you guys enjoyed your 4th of July weekend. And again, Thank you, Gary, for coming on this week. Many prayers to your family. We out! You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 